Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Brawley, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org, or simply download the CCCIV app, you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977 you know who went away from the presence of jesus feeling frustrated and angry and upset it was the religious people who went away feeling that way but the sinners when they were in the presence of jesus the tax collectors the prostitutes right when they came into the presence of jesus they felt welcomed They found hope. Hey, I can be set free from this. I don't have to live this way anymore. Right? But that's not what happens in the church today when sinners from our culture come into the church. They feel condemned. Right? It's one thing to feel convicted by the Holy Spirit when they feel talked down to, condescended to, condemned by the church. That is wrong. Right? Now, I want you to see... How does Daniel address this? How does, what is his tone like? Again, because Daniel's going to be in a very awkward place here where he's going to have to call sin, sin. He's going to have to call Nebuchadnezzar out on things. But his tone is a tone of compassion. And Nebuchadnezzar doesn't walk away feeling frustrated or angry or upset. That's not what happens to Nebuchadnezzar. So let's continue reading here. Daniel chapter 4. Look at what happens. Again, verse 19, Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was dismayed for a while, and his thoughts alarmed him, horrified him. The king answered and said, Belteshazzar, let not the, tree, the, the dream or the interpretation alarm you. So here, the king actually looks at Daniel. He sees, I don't know if his face, face went flush. I don't know if he could tell that he was really struggling with what he was, was understanding from this dream. But the king actually says to Daniel, Look, Daniel, just give it to me straight, man. I can see you know. I can see you understand it. Just give it to me straight, right? So what happens? Belteshazzar answered and said, My Lord, may the dream be for those who hate you and its interpretation for your enemies. I don't wish this on you, king. This isn't what I want for you. I I don't want this interpretation to come to pass for you. I would rather this happen for your enemies or those who hate you, but not for you, king. This isn't what my heart is for you, king, but I can't withhold the word. Look at what he says. He goes on here. He, he says this, the tree you saw, tree speaks of a kingdom in scripture oftentimes, like a mountain would. So this tree is symbolic of a kingdom. This kingdom or this tree which you saw grew and became strong and its top reached heaven and it was visible to the end of the earth whose leaves were beautiful, its fruit abundant and in it was food for all under which the beasts of the field found shade and in whose branch the birds of the heavens lived. Now look at this. It is you. The tree is you. The tree that's going to be cut down and judged is you. Is it always easy to speak a word like that? Absolutely not. But right will always be right. And listen to me. You have a responsibility before the Lord and for the lost to never allow the truth to change. The truth is always the truth. 
What is right is always right. It doesn't change according to circumstances, right? There, you have to speak the truth. And this is what Daniel says. He says, this, it, this dream, this tree, it's you. Just like the prophet Nathan would stand before David. And he came to David and he says, look, let me tell you a story. There was a man who was very wealthy and he had hundreds of sheep in his flock. And there was a poor man who saved up his money and bought this This lamb from birth. And he fed this lamb by hand. And he allowed this lamb to eat at his table. And he held this lamb in his arms. And when a visitor came, the visitor came to visit the the rich man. The rich man didn't want to prepare one of his own sheep as a meal. So he steals the poor man's sheep and prepares it for his guest. And David is enraged. How could you possibly, how could this man have done this thing? This is not right. This isn't, this isn't good. This man, let's find this man. Show me who this man is. He'll have to restore fourfold because he didn't show mercy. And Nathan looks David in the eye. This prophet looks the king in the eye and says, you are the man. Because God gave you everything. He gave you Saul's wives. You have wives and riches and all that you could possibly want, but you saw one man's wife while she bathed on a roof and you had to have her as your own. That was his only wife. Look at all of the wives you have. You are that man. That's not an easy thing to do, but understand this, it is absolutely necessary from time to time to look someone in the eye and to say, it is you. The one I'm speaking about is you. Elijah did the same thing with Jezebel and King Ahab. You, you can see the same thing happen with John and Herod. And it actually cost John his life. He was beheaded because he spoke out against the sinfulness of, the, the, of Herod's relationship. It is absolutely necessary to speak out of this way. He says, it is you, O king. Again, notice he's not holding back. He's not tethering the truth. He's giving the truth. But notice his tone. I don't want this to happen to you, king. This isn't my heart for you. But this dream, it's about you. You're the one that God's trying to get the attention of. So read on with me. It is you, O king, who have grown and become strong. Your greatness has grown to the reaches of heaven and your dominion to the ends of the earth. And because the king saw a watcher, that would be an angel, a holy one coming down from heaven and saying, chop down the tree and destroy it, but leave the stump and its roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field, and let him be wet with the dew of heaven that would speak of being exposed to the elements. He's going to be homeless. And let him, uh, let his portion be with the feast or the beasts of the field. He's going to live amongst the herds, the cattle, till seven periods or seven years of time pass over him. Verse 24, this is the interpretation, O king. It is a decree of the most high, which has come upon the Lord my king. This is the word from God. That's what Daniel says. Right? The world, listen to me, the world needs more prophets and less pundits. All across the nation especially, there are men of God who stand behind pulpits and they talk about culture and they talk about the things of this life and of this world and political arenas more than they talk about the word of God. That isn't going to save anyone. You know what saves people is the gospel of Jesus Christ, which we should not be ashamed of. The world needs more people 
who are willing to speak forth the word of God and less political commentary, less opinions. My opinion about, uh, it, it really, my opinion about the vaccination, my opinion about uh, critical race theory, all of those things don't matter quite as much as what the word of God says, and that's what I want to give to you. And that's what the world needs more of. Daniel says, listen, this is the interpretation from the Most High God. This is God's word for you. Will you listen to it, Nebuchadnezzar? See, when we go through the scriptures, the, the idea would be that because we have been in the word together, that when you go home and you watch the news and there are some things that prick your heart or that give you a check in your spirit, that you would be able to discern what that is. And understand this. We need political commentators. We need people who are speaking forth truth. We need people who are giving those opinions. We need people who are revealing truth in those ways. It's just not my role as a pastor. My role is to speak God's truth, God's word to you, so that God's word will show you how to think. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Daniel says, look, this is the interpretation. It's decreed by God. This is God's word for you. Now, again, there's an opportunity for Daniel to respond to that. Look at what happens here next. Verse 25 that you, shall, you will be the one driven among men. Your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. You shall be made to eat grass like an ox. You shall be wet with the dew of heaven. And seven periods of time shall pass over you till you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. And as it is commanded to leave the stump of the roots so the tree of the tree, your kingdom shall be confirmed for you from the time that you know that the, until you know that heaven rules. Verse 27, therefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by practicing righteousness. Repent. What, what did Daniel view sin as? He viewed them as shackles that bound Nebuchadnezzar. You need to repent. You need to turn from those things. Literally, it means to untie or to loose. You need to be loosed from your sins, and you need to start living the right way. What is happening here is is. Nebuchadnezzar is being given an opportunity through the prophet Daniel to repent and to turn from sin before the judgment comes. An opportunity to repent. You realize that God's heart for you is that you should not perish, but that all of us should come to repentance. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says this. God's heart is that we would repent. Here there's an opportunity. Turn from your sin, O king. Break off your sins by practicing righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness could be tr uh, translated right living. Doing the right thing. And this is what is difficult in our culture today. Is that because we live in an, a, a season, an age of tolerance... Right Where people want to be able to decide what their own truth is. They want to be able to decide what is right for themselves and what is truth for themselves. That's very difficult to understand what right looks like. It can very easily be asked, well, who's right? How, how should I live right? How can I live right? And I'm going to tell you how you can live right. The only way you can live right is if you know God's word. Because God's word is your compass. God's word is your north star. God's word is the way that you find your way into right living. And if you don't know what the word says, how can you ever possibly be expected to live in a right way? If you want to make sure you're living righteous before the Lord, you have to get into his word. 
You have to understand what his word says. Again, verse 27, Therefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by practicing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed that there may perhaps be a lengthening of your prosperity. Maybe God will change his mind about this interpretation if you will turn from your sin. Maybe God will relent from doing harm if you'll turn away from your evil ways, if you'll start treating people with respect, if you'll start treating people justly, if you'll start showing people love and mercy. Maybe God won't bring this calamity, this judgment upon you after all. This is the word that Daniel has for Nebuchadnezzar. So understand and notice how Daniel addresses sin in the life of Nebuchadnezzar. He says, this is what sin looks like. Again, here's a danger that the church has fallen into. We're really good about talking about sin. This is what you shouldn't do. This is what sin looks like. But what does Daniel do? He follows up what sin looks like with this is how you can be made right. You can turn from that sin. Here's the hope, right? The hope is you don't have to live that way any longer. The hope is you don't have to be bound and shackled any longer. You can be set free from that sin. We saw the admonition here. By Daniel. Now let's look at the humiliation of Nebuchadnezzar. Let's look at the fulfillment of this. Verse 28. All of this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar at the end of 12 months. God didn't bring judgment right away. He gave time to repent. That's how good and how gracious our God is. When Noah was building the ark, Noah was preaching righteousness giving people an opportunity. He says, a storm is coming and you need to get right. And the people refused. John the Baptist comes onto the scene, and what does he do? He preaches repentance. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus is baptized, anointed with the Holy Spirit. He begins to preach. What does he preach? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. God's heart for his, his creation is that we would repent. God gave Nebuchadnezzar 12 months to turn from his sin. God was gracious with Nebuchadnezzar. You realize right now we live in a season or in, in a time that is called the dispensation of grace, the time of grace. There is no Bible prophecy that still needs to be fulfilled before Jesus returns for his church. It's just grace that, that, that keeps him from coming. Grace so that more people can make professions for Jesus, right? So he gave him 12 months. Look at what happens here. Look at the pride and the arrogance of Nebuchadnezzar. As he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, the king answered and said, this is what he's thinking. He says, is not great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence for the glory of my majesty? Look at all I've accomplished. Look at what I've built by the sweat of my own brows, by the ingenuity of my own thoughts, by, by the work of my own hands. Look at how great a, a city I've built, a great empire that I've built. Side note, the more, listen to this, the more successful you are in life, the more prone you are to pride and arrogance. It is a danger. And because of Nebuchadnezzar's pride and arrogance, because that fills his heart God is going to bring judgment. Look at what happens here. 
While the words, verse 31, while the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven. O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. You shall be driven from among men. Your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and you shall be made to eat grass like an ox. And seven periods of time will pass over you until you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives, to, gives it to whom he will. This isn't your doing, Nebuchadnezzar. God has given you this power. Verse 33, immediately, as soon as these words were on his tongue, immediately the word was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from among men, and he ate grass like an ox, and his body was wet with dew, uh, the dew of heaven, and his hair grew, and it was long like eagle's feathers, and his nails were like bird's claws. What happened to Nebuchadnezzar? Nebuchadnezzar became physically what he looked like spiritually. Nebuchadnezzar became the beast physically that he had been living out spiritually, who he really was on the inside. You know, selfies are real popular today, aren't they? I mean, how many times you walk around and you see young ladies, what is it about this angle, young ladies, right? I mean, some of you young ladies are walking around with one arm that's real huge and buff from doing this all day, and the other one's just scrawny, right? What, what if, what if those selfies, when we snapped those selfies and we posted those selfies, what if what people saw is what we really know ourselves to be on the inside? Nebuchadnezzar had been living like a beast, treating people like an animal, and that's what he became physically. That was his judgment. If you want to live like a beast, then you can live like a beast, God says. He grew claws and feathers, and he ate with the cattle out in the field. Think about that just for a moment. You remember the story we were talking about in the beginning? That the, the man, Legion, who was, who was out of his mind, who was cutting himself, who was wandering the cemetery, the tombstones naked, right? He was restored. He was out of his mind, and he was restored. Now, look at what happens here in the restoration of Nebuchadnezzar, because here's the hope. Look at this, verse 34. At the end of days, this switches back now to the first person. At the end of days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High God. I came back to my senses. After seven years, I was so low, I was at the... the the pit, I was at the bottom of the pit. I dug myself such a, an immense hole. Finally, I had no place to look but to look up. I lifted my eyes, and then my reason returned to me. I started to think straight again. I was, I was driven mad by pride and arrogance, and I looked up to God, and I understood that it's not about me. And then as soon as I confessed that, then my reason returned to me. And how did he respond? He responded in worship. He responded in worship. When my reason returned to me, I blessed the most high God. The response to reason is that worship. He praised him. He honored him who lived forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? No one can change his plans. Look at this, verse 36. At the same time, my reason returned to me, 
and for the glory of my kingdom, my majesty, my splendor returned to me. Everything was restored. I was given it all back. All of my power, all of my wealth, all of my kingdom. As soon as I acknowledged God, something happened and I got it all back. God allowed me to be humbled. Here's what I want you to see. Remember, he, in the beginning, he's talking about the signs and the wonders that he had seen. The signs and the wonders did not save Nebuchadnezzar. Do you know what saved Nebuchadnezzar? Was when God allowed him to be humbled. What saved Nebuchadnezzar is when he was dwelling in the fields with the cattle. When he was at the bottom of the pit and he had no choice but to look up. And you might be there this morning thinking, why has God allowed me to be in this pit? Why do I feel like I've been abandoned out in this meadow grazing the, the grass with the sheep or with the cattle? And maybe God's trying to get you to that place in your life where you have no choice but to look up and to acknowledge him and to say it's been you all along, hasn't it? It's never been me. Look at how this ends. It says in verse 37, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, I praise and extol. And in the tense, that means continually. I, I spend my life now praising and extolling and honoring the king of heaven. For all of his works are right, his ways are just, and those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. Now, this is what I want you to grasp here, my friends. Room is filled with stories of people just like the king, just like the demon possessed man out in the tombs, just like I myself that have a story of God delivering them. And just as true as this statement is right here, that Nebuchadnezzar writes, he says that, that he, God is able, right, his ways are just, those who walk in pride, he is able to. To humble. You realize the opposite is also true? Those who walk in humility, God is able to exalt. And you have a choice this morning. Jesus said this to the religious leaders in Matthew chapter 23. He says to those religious people that are filled with pride and arrogance and thought they knew it all, He says to them this He says, the greatest among you shall be your servant. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled or brought low. But whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Here's your choice this morning. You don't have to wait for a story like Nebuchadnezzar's. You don't have to be brought to a field all alone. You don't have to wait for a story like the man out in the tombs, desperate, bound, suffering, cutting yourself. You can choose this morning to acknowledge the most high holy God. You can humble yourself. You can say, God, I want to be humble in your presence. I want to acknowledge that you are God and that I am not. And the promise that Jesus says there is that when you will humble yourself, he will lift you up. It's as simple as that. He is able to humble the arrogant, but he is also able to exalt the humble. Will you be one of those this morning 
who says, Lord, I'm ready right now to humble myself before you. What is your story going to sound like? What story will you be able to share? Nebuchadnezzar, the last person in the world anyone thought would be saved. The man living out in the tombs, the last person in the world anyone thought would be saved. Maybe you, right there from where you sit this morning, you think, I'm the last person in the world that would ever be saved. That's a good, humble place to be. That's something God can work with, right? But bring that desire before the Lord. Say, God, I humble myself. I'm broken before you. I'm in pieces before you. I'm laying my heart down at your feet. Will you come and build me back up? Will you come and put me back together? Will you come and make it all right? Will you restore what the enemy has stolen? And if you will humble yourself in that way this morning, if you will humble yourself before the most high God, he will lift you up to places you never thought you'd ever experience. Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro. Or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Raleigh, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org or simply download the cccib app you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977